Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Well, we're going to talk to a man who understands China probably better than most and has a great understanding of, of the world of business and what's going on uh, between this country, Canada, and China and other countries as well. Dan Harris uh, is the managing partner of an international law firm with lawyers in Los Angeles, Portland, San Francisco, China, and in Spain. Uh, it's Harris Brickman is the name of the law firm. Harris Brickman, or Bricken rather. And uh, is it, what is it, Brickman or Bricken? I'm, I don't want to make a mistake here, Dan. <laughs> it's Bricken. Bricken, okay. Harris Bricken, and uh, you're joining us from Seattle. You've written for Forbes magazine, for Fortune, for the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, and many others, and you're the lead writer at China, at China Law Blog. What's uh, How would you describe the relationship now between China and and Canada? Is it worse than the relationship that exists between China and the United States, or more personally, Donald Trump? I would say that it is for, for the simple reason that China believes it can get away with more against China, I'm sorry, against Canada right now than it can against the United States. And China is playing the role of bully against Canada right now. And the cause for that, the reason for that, will be essentially exclusively or certainly centered around the arrest of the CFO of Huawei. It has to be. China's denying it, but that's absurd. Now, that's a tremendous amount of pushback. I understand the significance of Huawei in China, or at least I think I do somewhat. But that's a huge pushback and a continuing pushback, and China accusing Canada of backstabbing that's non-diplomatic language. That all doesn't uh, augur well for at least the immediate future, does it? No, and I also read that China is also accusing Canada of racism and um, white supremacy. Yeah, we've seen that too, yeah. How, how, you, you, know, you know China well. How unusual is it for the Chinese to use language like that publicly? Well, the language is a bit unusual, but the Boeing tactics are completely normal. China has done this with France. China did it with Norway after a Nobel Prize was given to um, somebody involved with Tibet. China did it with Korea when uh, Korea allowed missiles to be placed on its territory. China's done it with New Zealand. China does this, and they particularly like to do this with smaller countries. And they are changing their presence internationally, are they not? Just just from the military military perspective, but also uh, economically. Now they're under pressure from the United States, as far as uh, trade is concerned. But China's international image is changing significantly, and it's by design, I would say. Well. I would hope it's changing significantly. I'm not so sure it's by design. A lot of people in China believe that all bad feelings towards China stem from a desire of the West to keep China poor. And it has nothing to do with anything else. And if you read the official media, that's pretty much all that you get. Mm -hmm. If you're running a business with offices in China now, it's definitely not business as usual. 
But let me ask you what Canadian businesses are facing. And, and you've explored on the China Law Blog uh, Canadian companies doing business with China by placing a third country effectively in the middle. Speak to us about that, please. Well, obviously, if you're a Canadian citizen in China right now, you are at greater risk of problems than you were six months ago. Now, there's no good way to quantify that, and most Canadians in China are still at extremely low risk. But if I were a Canadian company looking to go into China right now, I would rather go into China as a Belgian or Spanish company or some third-party country company than that of Canada because we've seen how China will use its legal apparatus to go after Canadian citizens. And um, they're a lot less likely to go after a company that's formed in Spain. And I take it then, if we're talking about going after citizens, this this whole idea of the, the appeal of the Canadian and then the, the death sentence that was handed down, that was none of that was by accident. That was that was by design. Yes. Uh, I don't know the exact procedure in terms of the timing of the appeal, but it seems to me that the appeal came at an opportune time for China. This person was convicted four years ago, and it is way out of the ordinary to subject a foreign citizen to the death penalty for drug dealing. And then we've got the other three Canadians who have been arrested, two for spying and um, one for having a visa, an improper visa. And And I see all three of those as tied in as well. Okay. And if the arrest of the Huawei CFO doesn't happen, none of this happens? That would be my guess. How does Canada mitigate this? Well, that's a tough question. And I am a, a lawyer, not a diplomat, but I actually read an article the other day in the Globe and Mail, I think it was, talking about what Canada should do, and it was very sensible. And it said that Canada should gather up its allies, countries like Australia, who I see has criticized what's gone on, and try to fight back against this in the international community. So Canada is a lot better liked around most of the world than China is. Um, what advice do you give now? Is there generic advice you give companies or individuals who are thinking of going to China or doing business in China? If they come to you and they say, Mr. Harris, how do I approach this? What should I do? What do I need to know? What do I need to stay away from? Is there generic advice you give, or is it fairly fluid these days? There's generic advice, and there's advice we give to specific clients. The generic advice is, if you don't have to go there, don't. Hmm. And if you need to meet somebody in China, ask to meet them in Seoul or Tokyo, if at all possible. And more specifically, if you do have to go there, be very careful. 
don't give China any excuses. Don't make yourself low-hanging fruit. If your company's behind on its taxes, if your company doesn't treat its workers well, if um, you are doing business in China without a company and you should have a company, don't go there at all. If your business is a not-for-profit, you're at slightly greater risk. If your business involves anything related to content, politics, journalism, you're at you're going to be at greater risk. Make sure your visa is completely in order. Don't overstay it. Um, on and on and on. Yeah. Now, uh, does does China have allies in in this particular approach? To, other than North Korea, do, does the country have uh, a, a, a series of allies? that are on their side or would be likely to take their side, which might impact, again, on Canadians or Canadian businesses doing business in China and maybe in some countries, other countries in the region. Well, I'm sure Russia's pretty happy about all that's happening. I suppose. Yeah. But I don't know that Russia's going to start arresting Canadians because I don't think that's necessarily in their benefit to pick a direct fight with Canada or, or the United States over something like that, but I'm sure Russia's pleased. Countries like Myanmar, Cambodia, they probably don't care, but I'm not sure China really has strong allies on something like this. Okay. Uh, where's this all leading? That's the million-dollar question. I think China believes that it can influence Canada and what Canada does with Huawei's CFO. I think they want to do that. It's possible China's just doing all of this as a show of force to other countries and to show its own people that it will fight back because China has not really fought back very hard against the United States because it's right now afraid to do so because China's economy is in a major downswing and they're telling everyone do not talk about the economy, do not criticize President Trump, do not criticize the United States. And so it's almost like it's squirted out and harmed Canada. Harris, I'm quite impressed. I, I, I read that you actually were able to collect a debt in China uh, in a Chinese court seizing fish product. Uh, to win in a Chinese court if you're not Chinese is not easy. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. The way China's court system is set up is that it is fair 90 to 95% of the time. So if you have a dispute between a private American company and a private Chinese company, you can get a fair ruling out of the court. Okay. But if that dispute involves intellectual property stemming from something really important to the Chinese state, like semiconductors or artificial intelligence, that's when it becomes extremely difficult. And the same even holds true on the criminal side, meaning that China generally treats foreigners the way it treats 
Chinese citizens in the criminal courts. And we can quibble with how they do that, but it's not inherently unfair. It's just when something rises to the level of being politically important that all bets are off. Do you think uh, there's a chance that uh, the Canadian who's been sentenced to death is actually going to be executed? Well, there has to be a chance, unfortunately. I don't think that's going to happen because if they execute him, he's no longer useful as leverage, and he just that execution is going to make China look really bad around the world. So they have so much more to lose by executing him and not much of anything to gain. So And say what you will about China, they are, very, they are not stupid, they are very smart, and they're very practical. So I don't see that happening. I think the odds are pretty slim. I hope the odds are pretty slim. I hope so too. Now, in the in the China Law Blog, uh, you you have five things to do to avoid getting arrested in China. Do you give us an idea of, uh, of 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 what's most significant, most important, as far as that's concerned? Following the law to the letter, and a lot of times people get in trouble with visas. And I mentioned that there are. Three Canadian citizens who have been arrested since the Huawei detention. And one is not getting much press, and that is a teacher who had the wrong visa. And that is exactly the sort of thing China can easily arrest people for. And people make the mistake of believing that, of believing their Chinese employer that they're there on the correct visa. Mm-hmm. And we've seen an incredible increase in arrests of foreigners, foreign English teachers, for being there with the wrong visa. And I was talking about this with one of my lawyers. I said, why is China doing this? I mean, who cares about English teachers? And then what we realized is what could be going on there is local government officials are taking it upon themselves to sort of root out Western influences. So if you're a, an English teacher or working for an NGO in China, China doesn't really like you, and you do not want to give them an excuse to arrest you. Now, I think, well, I shouldn't say this because it's Canada, but when China arrests these English teachers, which has really only started happening in big numbers in the last three or four months, when they do that, they typically put them in jail for 10 or 20 days, and then they leave. It's, I'm not going to say it's a pleasant experience, but it's not anything close to what Mr. Schellenberg is facing with his drug conviction. But the days of China being the wild, wild west where you can get away with anything, those days are over. Customs fraud, income tax fraud, doing business there without a license, not having the right visa, those are the things that China can arrest you for 
and they will, if especially if you're Canadian. And it's hard almost to argue against it okay. if you're not paying your taxes. I mean, Mr. Harris, you, you I could get arrested elsewhere too. I thank you so much for the time, managing partner of Harris Bricken. And uh, if you're doing business in China, uh, see the China Law Blog and call Mr. Dan Harris. Thanks so much for your time. It's been fascinating. All the best. Thank you for having me. So long. Bye-bye. Dan Harris. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 